0: Hello, and welcome back to another installment of Your Money and a Cup of Joe. I'm your host, Ryan Ruff. We thank you for finding your way back here to the show. You know, Joe Kaleo and I, we dove into a great conversation surrounding the topic of stress testing in our first episode. We tapped into Joe's 25 years worth of experience in the wealth management sector over at the Kaleo Wealth Management Group and really just unpacked all that there is to discuss in regards to the stress testing process as a whole and how it's regularly used by affluent individuals and families as well as business owners even in uh, today. But if you didn't catch that episode, I would highly recommend traveling back, listen to that, watch that on whatever platform you're seeing us on today because there's a lot of great information to unpack within that. But today we've got a different topic that we're going to address. Key topic for today is it is a key ingredient that makes a good wealth manager a great one. And luckily, Joe's had plenty of experience in this world. He's going to be able to tap into his experience and share that with us today. So let's go ahead and bring him on. Joe, good to see you today. How are
1: we doing? Doing great, Ryan. Great to see you again. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. Glad to be here. We've got another great conversation on tap for our listeners today. Uh, You know, Joe, to get things started, you know, I was thinking about just affluent families and their access to some of the top tier, you know, financial professionals in the world today. You know, when you're looking at all these financial professionals at at the top of their game, they all have one thing in common a super high level of financial acumen. And of course, those affluent families or business owners are are looking to those wealth managers, looking to those financial advisors with that acumen to help them. But there seems to be a missing element. There's a missing link with a lot of these advisors that ultimately needs to be applied to some of their strategies. And that's what we're going to dive into today. So Joe, to start our conversation, could you maybe explain to me why individuals and affluent families today with significant assets should be demanding more from their wealth manager?
1: It's a great question, Ryan. Let's start there, right? Because When you look at the super wealthy, the ultra high net worth individuals, there are some things they're likely to be good at and some things they want help with. And oftentimes it's their finances, it's their portfolio, it's their overall wealth management picture. And so they're going to have complex goals, but they're going to have experts look into that and devise a plan for them to go forward. And when they do that, they're going to have some advisors that are going to be very good and very technical at what they do but clients will often feel like they're missing something very important. And when they do that, they feel like they're missing some aspect. Often what we see is on the relationship side. So they want to make sure that that key ingredient is inside their relationship. And that's making sure the human element that understands them, who they are as a person and what their goals are and matching up the solutions and their goals and who they are. Putting all that together becomes incredibly important and putting all those ingredients together even with sizable wealth is very important and that's true for everyday people as well.
0: Sure. So what I'm hearing Joe is that that missing link really is it's the human element it's that it's that A little bit of a conversation that we touched on in our first episode and how that applies in the stress testing process specifically, but really it's the human element as a whole that should be implemented within all of their dealings with their respective wealth manager. Am I am I hearing you right?
1: You are, right? So the human element is often that missing link, and wealth Mm -hmm. management brings that human element into it, right? Understanding, profiling them, understanding what it is that they want to accomplish, but understanding who they are as an individual, right? I've got a brother and a sister as clients, and so in one scenario, one's a risk taker and the other is a phobic. They hate to lose money right? And so one person wants to maximize the upside. The other person wants to make sure they don't lose money. Making sure that you understand who that person is and how they want to go about doing it becomes incredibly important to giving them comfort and confidence in the goals that they've set. So, Joe, we see the human element, and
0: we we discussed this a little bit in our last episode, how the human element creeps into a lot of different businesses across a wide array of industries because we're in a consumer-driven market. We have high demands that need to be met. But why specifically do you believe that the human element has such an important role within wealth management as a whole?
1: Yeah, each person is likely to have their own human element, even for their own goal, nevertheless their overall portfolio and their overall approach to finance. And so Ryan, if one person is conservative for one goal and moderate or aggressive for another goal, you wanna take a different approach to satisfy each goal successfully. And that's what we wanna do, right? So we wanna make sure, we wanna understand the client's goals for each aspect of their life, right? and match the solution based upon what they're comfortable with and what they're trying to achieve. So it's very important to have tailored solution for each goal, want, or need to the best of our ability.
0: So could you talk a little bit then for those that may have missed our last episode, Joe, where we took the deeper dive into the stress testing process specifically, could we talk about that human element and its place within stress tests? You know, uh, why is it involved in the stress testing process? Like, what, where is, Where does it show up really in the stress testing process and why is it so important when you sit yeah. down to do that stress test? Yeah,
1: great, great question, Ryan. Let's, so let's give you an example, right? So here's a wealthy entrepreneur running a longtime family business, been around for more than 200 years there were four kids in the family, but only one in the business. A second had been in the business, but eventually stepped out. And the patriarch even said there were two do-nothings in the family. So when you look at the stress test, you may be looking at it just on our own, or we are likely to incorporate other professionals in the mix as well. And so that's looking, as we talked about, both wide and deep for each goal. And that becomes important because then – As the patriarch wanted to transition the business to the next generation, one ended up getting the business, but the patriarch transitioned to other assets and other ways to make it even financially for the the family members, but it may not have been equal dollar amounts, right? And so uncovering that within the stress test becomes paramount because then the patriarch is happy with how things have gone, the do-nothings, as he put it didn't get the same dollar amount, but did get something, right? Whereas the one that stayed in the business continued in the business, well, they got a little bit more. He felt like that person ended up earning more of the business, certainly, because they contributed to the success of the business. Well, that's what the stress test helped us do, is look deeper into all the aspects of not only the goals on the front end, the giver, the entrepreneur, the patriarch, But then the receivers, the kids, as things were were to uh, begin to transition.
0: Right. I love that example, Joe, because there's a lot to unpack within that example, specifically just inheritances as a whole, especially an inheritance that has significant wealth like that, where there's a business involved. There are significant assets. It's really a a lot to, to dive into with that. Because at the end of the day, as a wealth manager, you've got to know the ins and outs of the family dynamic there. You need to be able to connect with them on that human element, that level, really, to understand, you know, who's the do nothing? You know, what's their role look like? What's their relationship to money? You know, am I correct in saying that there are a lot of different variables to factor into, especially when you're you're we're talking about the human element here?
1: Let's continue with that prior example for a second. Right. So the entrepreneur the patriarch, wants to transition the business and and move on into the next stage of life. And in that, when he, when he set it up 10 years ago or was looking at it 10 years ago, he's not thinking about, is my will still set up, right? He's busy running his business. He's busy doing the things that are important to him every day. So that's why he needs the experts behind him to go look and make sure, well, did we catch a mistake from that was set up originally? Maybe. Or... Have the rules changed? Definitely. So are they still standing up to the rules or do we need need to adjust to the new rules? That's part of it. Have the family dynamics changed? Yes. So that needs to be tweaked or looked at to make sure, is it what I still want today or do I need to adjust? So, you know, it could be any or all of those three just as an example for what happens in every other person's life when they set up and do an analysis and have their financial picture going forward.
0: You know, Joe, I want to ask you this. Do you ever find when you sit down with a client, regardless of how complex their, their assets, their situation looks like as a whole, do you ever find when you sit down with them that you go through the stress, the stress test process and no problems are revealed at all?
1: Yes. So sure enough, um, uh, I had a woman in her nineties call me as a reference, uh, from a friend and And she said, you know, you come recommended, could you come over and visit with me? And I said, sure. And she didn't want to give me much information, but sure enough, I ended up going over and visiting with her and she had money scattered all over the place. However, her mix of investments was just right. Mm -hmm. And so when I looked at it, I thought to myself, ma'am, you don't need to do anything different. And she said, are you sure? I said, based upon what you're telling me and what you want to accomplish and where you're going with your life and what you're doing, I don't see there's anything you need to change differently. So she was actually fine on her own in her nineties, still healthy, mentally strong all the way around, but she looked good. And so sure. Occasionally we do fine. There's nothing that needs to be
0: changed. Well, sure. I'm sure that's probably a really nice sense of satisfaction to be on that receiving end of that conversation, you know, just to know that, Hey, I've been doing it right for some time. But so as we're having this conversation about the human element today, Joe, I totally understand how it's playing a role in the wealth management field as a whole, specifically in stress testing. But here's, here's the tricky side, I think to it. How do you assess whether or not a wealth manager cares about the human element or really uses it within their everyday dealings. I mean, obviously, if I go into a particular office, I sit down to meet with a wealth advantage I'm going to see their degrees. I'm going to see the distinctions behind their name plates. I'm going to see all that. I'm going to know that I'm here because they are at the top of their game, but we're talking about the importance of the human element here. So how am I going to know if they really care about me and they really take that human element into account?
1: I would start Ryan and understand what's their focus. Are they focused on you? Or are they focused on investments? Are they focused on you? Or are they focused on the solution? What is it that they're going to profile you and ask you about? Do they want to know your goals? Do they want to know your history? Do do they want to know about your business and or career? Do they want to know about your family or your community or your charities or your interests? What is it about you? Do they want to know that? Or do they just want to know about what you've invested in in the past and how risky you want to be and how they can get you in the door, in a product, and on to the next person? Mm-hmm. What's their focus when you sit down with them for the first time? What are they going to ask you about? So that's the thing I would want to know is how long will this take and what are the things that you need to know? And you're going to find out pretty quickly, is it just about the money or is it about the human element? That's mm-hmm. what I want to
0: Sure. And Joe, I'd love to kind of flip roles with you here, put you out of your shoes for a second. If you were an investor, instead of being obviously an advisor, what would you want to see if you sat down with somebody, you know, what would give you Joe the confidence that the advisor that you're working with is doing it right? I,
1: yeah, I would want to see what's their discovery process look like. I want to see the list of questions that they're going to talk about. I want to see what's this process look like right from the beginning from beginning to end, before I ever put money or an investment in place. I want to see the questions you ask. I want to know what it is that you want to know. And I want to know how long this is going to take. Mm -hmm. Because if this is going to be a 10 to 15 minute conversation, it's probably not going to be long enough, right? They're not going to get to know you as, as a person. You're not going to get to know me as a person in 10 to 15 minutes. I want to know what it is that you truly want to accomplish. I want to see the big picture. I want to know how you got there. I want to know who's involved family-wise, whether it's peripherally or in the details of the everyday business. I want to know all of it. And so that's part of the discovery of who you are as a person before we know who you are as an investor.
0: And Joe, we we chatted about the discovery process at length in our first episode. But just for those that ha- didn't catch it, they're here with us. Here we are talking about the discovery process again. What does a good and thorough discovery process look like? You know, especially when you're catering in that human element perspective.
1: Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna look deep first into your values, Ryan. We want to understand your values, not only in the decision making process for finance, but. What is it that you want to accomplish in your business or career or if you're already retired what how did you get to this point what mm-hmm. was it and what's important to you are family involved do you see them every day do you travel to see family how about your friends how about your community right so who are the things how about institutions or is it a charity is it a is it a college or university is it something faith based what are your interests Uh, You know, sports, is that important to you? Reading books, movies, things that are important to you. Do you wanna travel? Do you wanna stay at home, right? For me, I love to travel. For my wife, it's staying at home. So we make compromises in both scenarios, right? So those are the things that we wanna find out about for you as what is it that's important to you and your family? So we wanna satisfy those things for you and we wanna understand it right from the get-go.
0: Sure. So ultimately, Joe, to kind of bring our conversation here to a head, you know, are there any other elements at play or just overall aspects that we need to consider when it comes to delivering on that promise of the human element as a whole?
1: Yeah, it's important to understand the relationship, right? Not only the relationship that we have with the client, but who's impacting those relationships, what impacts those relationships, and then how can we serve them both short term and long term, right? We want to build that relationship. We have an idea of how to service somebody to make sure that we're meeting their needs, not only on the investment side, there's only so much you can talk about an investment, right? But what's impacting the investments or what's impacting your financial picture? So it's that relationship component that we want to talk about on a regular basis.
0: Gotcha. Well, Joe, hey, look, I really appreciate the conversation that we've had today. I totally can see and, and understand really how this human element plays such a vital role. I mean, typically, when you think about the financial conversations that you, you have on a regular basis, I think the everyday layman thinks about, you know, it's the nuts and bolts. It's the dollars and cents on my spreadsheet at the end of the day. But Ultimately, what I've gathered from our conversation today is that there is much more to consider. You know, your goals, your interests, your values, what you want to achieve in life needs to be put on the table as well, because only by understanding the numbers coupled with the goals is how we can really land the perfect plan for you. Am I correct in saying that?
1: You're right on target. Are they paying attention? Did they pay attention at the beginning? Are they paying attention throughout the relationship, Mm -hmm. right? Do we understand your values are we putting, you know, the goals in place to match your values, to understand your interests, and then are we capable of providing the solutions you want? Those three things are are paramount to be successful, both short term and long term.
0: All right. Well, fantastic. Hey, Joe. Thanks so much for being with us again today, and uh, looking forward to the next one already. Thanks, Ryan. Alrighty, and look, hey, we want to thank you, our listeners, our viewers, for joining us for another uh, episode of Your Money in a Cup of Joe. Again, if you liked what you saw today, you benefited from any of the information and in the discussion we had, feel free to like, comment, subscribe, share this information with friends and family. We'd love to have you aboard for our next episode. Uh, the topic will be announced at a later date for what Joe and I will be covering in that next episode. Well, we would certainly love to see you there. But for Joe Caleo, I'm Ryan Ruff saying so long. We thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Your money and a cup of Joe. This communication is intended to be used for educational purposes only and does not constitute a solicitation to purchase any security insurance or advisory services. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. An investment in any security involves significant risks and any investment may lose value. Refer to all risk disclosures related to each security product carefully before investing. This commentary is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be relied upon as investment advice or the basis for making any investment investment decisions, the views and opinions expressed may not be officially those of UBS Financial Services Incorporated and the firm does not verify nor guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the information presented. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients, UBS Financial Services Incorporated offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC registered broker dealer. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. It is important that clients understand the ways in which we conduct business, that they carefully read the agreements and disclosures that we provide to them about the products or services we offer. For information, please review the PDF document at ubscom slash relationship summary.